Wow, it is great to see everybody here this morning. Happy Sunday, everybody. My name is Pete. I am also one of the pastors here. I am super glad that you are here as well. This week, we are going to continue my favorite sermon series of all time given to us by the Vineyard. This series is called Empowered, and it is about the whole, how the Holy Spirit empowers Christian life. So far, we've heard messages on the Holy Spirit as a revealer, the Holy Spirit as part of faith and praying for healing. And last week, we had a Holy Spirit Sunday where we learned about prophecy, which is hearing from God and speaking what God gives you for someone's strengthening and encouragement. And we had just about everybody praying for one another or getting prayer from someone else. If you were one of the people engaging in the gift of prophecy last week, may God bless anything God has done in your life and protect you from any attempt by the devil to steal your joy. And if you weren't engaging last week for whatever reason, I want to encourage you to take a leap today or sometime in the next three weeks as we close our series. You don't have to, of course. But in situations like this, I like to think about what the oldest people say as the end of life approaches. They regret what they didn't do, not what they did. Don't miss out on taking a chance on God if God is inviting you to do something. This week I get to talk about a topic I touched on last week, which is spiritual gifts. The big idea here is that spiritual gifts are for everyone, and God calls us to desire them and use them. And today we're going to look at three questions about spiritual gifts. And at the end of the Empowered series, we really feel like God is on this topic for some reason. We're just going to add on a little mini-series where we explore specific spiritual gifts further. The three questions we're going to look at today are, why is there so much confusion about spiritual gifts? What is the purpose of spiritual gifts? And why don't we seek more for spiritual gifts from God? So question number one, why is there so much confusion about spiritual gifts? Let me tell you a story. When I was a kid, we used to go camping on Fish Lake Reservoir in Duluth, Minnesota. My grandparents had an island they called their island. I'm fairly certain we were borrowing it. And we would spend four or five days in tents, fishing, playing games, running around in the woods, having a great time. And starting at a super young age, because it was not the modern era, my parents gave me a hatchet to use. And so at five years old, I'm using this hatchet. And then in elementary school, I got a whole axe. And I had so much enthusiasm for chopping. I remember as we would be on the boat heading toward the island, I'd be like, I get an axe. And they would point me toward a downed tree and they would say, chop away. And I would chop and chop and chop. And if the wood was new, I would make like no progress whatsoever. It would take me 15 minutes to get through a small little birch tree because I was small and my tool could only do so much. If the wood was old, I would maybe chop three logs, which do not last long on a four-day fire. So fast forward to 10 years ago, we were clearing out our property so we could expand our parking lot. And I had a friend who was working for SNS Tree Removal, and he said, I think they would be willing to come clear $15,000 worth of trees for free, and it would be helpful if you'd volunteer too. Why would you let a pastor do this? I have no idea whatsoever. And so they had these chainsaws, and they would literally, three of them, just walk up to a tree and all of a sudden say, timber, there's a giant tree falling, hopefully not in your direction right? And then we would haul anything below about this big around the whole tree. It'd be 30 feet long over to this chipper. You touch it to the suction part of the blades and then you run out of the way and it sucks the whole tree down 20 to 30 seconds, whole tree wood chips. Power tools have changed our world. I love using power tools. Who loves using power tools? Power tools are the best. 
My personal favorite is the flamethrower. But uh, any power tool is amazing. Spiritual gifts are the power tool of the Christian faith. They help us do spiritual work way faster because they are gifts of the Holy Spirit that bring God's power into our world. And so why is there so much confusion around these things? Number one, the devil is against spiritual gifts and sows confusion among us. Is it any surprise that Satan would want us to be confused about this? Here's what Satan wants, a weak, ineffective church that is spiritually dead and has no power except our own strength. The devil wants a church that cannot break people free from addictions, that cannot pray for people to be healed, or cast out demons from people who are oppressed. The devil wants a church that does not minister to the poor, is not racially diverse, and is not effective in reaching lost people and bringing them into relationship with Jesus. We want to do every one of these things, and God's gifts are the power tools that help us accomplish these things faster and better. A second reason we have a lot of confusion about spiritual gifts is because we analyze them without experiencing them. And in Minnesota, I think this is probably like the number one reason. It is much easier to fold our arms and watch someone else use spiritual gifts than it is to take a step out and use them ourselves. And I want to tell you there's so much about the Christian life that you cannot understand until you experience it. I think Christianity is like a giant cathedral with stained glass windows. When you're outside and the sun's shining on them, they look kind of gray and indistinguishable. But then you step inside and the windows come to life, illuminated by the sun with brilliant stories of Jesus and angels and saints. Christianity is the same. You cannot understand it without stepping inside. In the vineyard, we believe all the spiritual gifts that are in the Bible are for every follower of Jesus and that we are all called to desire them and to use them. Not to learn about them without trying, but to take the leap of faith where we actually try them out. John Wimber founded the vineyard and he loved to say, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It's very risky to take a try with spiritual gifts. But that leap of faith is how we find the gifts that God has given us. And so that's two reasons there's a lot of confusion about spiritual gifts. Our second question today is what is the purpose of spiritual gifts? Number one, to glorify the triune God. I'm going to read this passage twice today, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. There are different kind of spiritual gifts, but the same Holy Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kind of service, but we serve the same Lord. Jesus Christ is our Lord. God, our Father, works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And so this passage shows how the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all involved in making the spiritual gifts operational inside the church, which is us. And 1 Peter 4 gives us an example of how spiritual gifts bring glory to God. 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another 
Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. And so here's an example of how that happened in Scripture. Four guys brought their paralyzed friend to Jesus. And Jesus laid hands on him and prayed for his healing. The spiritual gift of healing was in operation. And what happened? Luke 5, 25. Immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. And this is what happens when spiritual gifts are in operation. People are drawn upward toward God, and they end up giving glory to God. We feel safest exercising what we're good at. And when people see us do that, they think, you're good at that. You get the glory. When God's gifts are operational in us, when something happens through us that no one believed could possibly happen, people see, that was not you. That must have been God. And it's God who gets the glory. And as a side note, I want you to remember what a gift is. It is not something you've earned. It is not a reward or a paycheck, right? When payday comes around, you're not like, ooh, I hope I get a paycheck today. You kind of expect it because you've earned it. A gift is something that you receive because someone gave it away. And I have found this is super true about spiritual gifts. I have found no relationship over the course of my years of following Jesus between a spiritual gift given to someone by God and the level of that person's spiritual maturity. You could be here for the first time, your life could be a complete wreck, and God could give you an amazing spiritual gift right out of the box. We've seen this happen throughout the history of the church and throughout the history of the vineyard and throughout the history of River Heights. I'll give you one example. My friend Curtis, my best friend, he was here at first service. We were at a retreat, and he was really struggling with doubting God. And sometimes the worst person to pray for you is your best friend because you have all these opinions about why they have problems. And you're trying to pray your own opinions, and it's like not God, right? And so I'm praying for him, and like nothing is happening. And over comes Jeff. Jeff has since passed on. Jeff had uh, mental disabilities, mental health problems, uh, active addictions about 50% of the time, and the most amazing gifts of worship and faith that you could ever see in a human being. Jeff walks over, and Curtis is crying, and we're both super frustrated because God is not doing anything. And Jeff says, what's the problem? And Curtis says, I just, I doubt so much, and he's crying. And Jeff says, well, I doubt your doubt. And it's like a spiritual chainsaw. The heavens open, the light of Jesus shines down, my friend's eyes open up, and the crying completely changes tone, and all of a sudden he's set free of something that he couldn't get free of on his own, or certainly not with my help. God's spiritual gifts are for everyone, and they are not related to how well are you doing today. What is the purpose of spiritual gifts? The second thing is to build up the body of Christ. I'm going to go back to that passage I read earlier from 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. 
A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Now, this is awkward because churches have screwed things up a lot. Our church will screw stuff up if you stay around long enough. Churches are made of people and all of us live in a broken world. But God's plan for spiritual gifts is to build one another up in the fellowship of faith. The gifts inside of you could change someone's life here completely. Your life could be completely changed because of a spiritual gift of God put inside someone else who's here today. That's the picture of how God calls us to be fit together as the church, is giving us gifts that bless one another and build each other up. And that brings us to our final question today. Why don't we seek spiritual gifts from God more and more as the Bible calls us to and even commands us to? First, maybe we've had some kind of disappointment with God. Has anybody here ever been disappointed with God? My hand is literally in the air for this one. Maybe you've lost someone you loved after believing and praying for them. Maybe you've asked to receive spiritual gifts, and it seems like you've never gotten one. Maybe you want someone else's gift. Has anyone ever wanted someone else's gift? Right? I got this stupid gift of inclusion. When I take tests and do analyses and stuff, people say, including people is my top gift. And I spent like years being like, well, that's dumb. Right? Why does a pastor need to be an includer? As I have matured, I have learned there, it might be a purpose to that. There might be some point in God making that part of who I am. But sometimes we want other people's gifts. Maybe you've been praying to get pregnant, and it hasn't happened. Maybe you've been praying for a change in your job or to get a job, and it's not come along. Nothing's happening. All of us become disappointed with God at some point. And I promise you, if you try to move in the power of God, if you try to exercise spiritual gifts, you are still going to have to deal with failure all the time. John Wimber, who founded the Vineyard, I have spoken to so many people who have been healed through his prayers or seen someone healed through his prayers, and he died of cancer. We don't get like a get-out-of-jail-free card from the suffering and brokenness of this world because spiritual gifts start to operate in our lives. You can't be successful in using the gifts of God unless you learn how to also deal with failure. We need to have a theology of success and a theology of failure. In the vineyard, we call this the now and the not yet of the kingdom. Jesus called us all to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when God's will is done on earth, that's the kingdom of God breaking into this world. But as long as Jesus Christ has not come back, we live in a place where sometimes the kingdom breaks in, and even though we keep praying for it, sometimes it does not. And so we get to live in the tension. And whenever you move with a spiritual gift and it seems like you have failed, you have not failed. You are exercising your gifts in a broken world where failure is just baked into the system. What is the second reason we don't speak spiritual gifts from God? Personal discomfort. Again, the Minnesota thing, I would rather fold my arms and watch you fail than try myself, right? I don't want to stand out and call attention to me as if we're the ones using, like, make the gifts possible anyway. I personally have all kinds of discomfort trying out spiritual gifts. Some of it is because I spent some years as a kid in a super charismatic church that was borderline crazy and sometimes just crazy. Sometimes my discomfort feels from feeling, comes from feeling like I need more than I can give, and I don't want to give any more. 
And sometimes my comfort's just with the unknown, with not being in control and not knowing how to make anything happen. But I believe it is worth pushing through our discomfort. As one example, I'll share like an experience of the gift of healing that I've had. That would be praying for someone who's unwell, and then miraculously, they become well. Um, I have prayed for many hundreds and probably thousands of sick people in hospitals, churches, homes, all over this country, and in some other countries besides. In all that time, I have heard very few people say, I am healed. And it has always happened if I'm praying with like lots of other people, and I blame one of them for the spiritual gift of healing because it's never happened when it's just me. All right? And so... I feel really challenged when I pray for healing, and I have to go through this whole routine. Would you pray for healing? Well, I can't heal anybody. Plus, God does not seem to do that when I pray for people, but Jesus did it all the time, and he commanded his disciples to do it as well, and I do technically believe God can heal today. Okay, fine. I will pray for you. And then one time, Something miraculous seemed to happen. I was in Azerbaijan maybe six, seven years ago working with vineyard churches there, and we were teaching at a conference for all the churches in the Baku area, and I was leading a Q&A about what God has to say about complaining. Wow, does that one work in the countries that I have visited, right? And I kept getting this image of a lion in my head. It doesn't have anything to do with complaining. And so I did what any good person would do. I ignored it, and it kept on coming back. And I felt like God said, these churches have the spirit of a lion, and I want you to pray that over them. And I said, God, that's crazy talk. I have no idea what a lion means in this culture. Maybe that's a carrion eater, and they're not even good, and I'm going to offend some people. Plus, I'm talking about complaining right now, and I'm not real sure what this has to do with anything. And then uh, eventually it just became overwhelming, and I was like, okay, fine. I'm on a mission trip. You know, maybe something will happen this time. And I shared, and it seemed like uh, nothing happened. And then this uh, Russian grandma spoke up, and she said she had come with like 15 years of severe back pain. And as I shared this and prayed it over them, she was healed. And I did what any good Christian would do. I totally doubted it and was a skeptic, right? I was just like, oh, that's nice. They planted somebody to build me up because I'm a young leader out here in Baku, right? And then I kind of kept on going because, you know, and then people started kind of freaking out. Apparently, this was a reliable human being with, like, well-known problems, and she was, like, moving around, and apparently something genuinely miraculous did happen. And so here's the thing. I am willing to be uncomfortable another hundred or thousand times if one more woman in pain for 15 years can get healed by God's power despite my many failings. God wants us to trust him in everything. Even right now, the Holy Spirit is asking some of you to take a risk, to share something that God's putting in your heart and mind, or to desire for the first time to be the person who takes a leap of faith and takes a try at using gifts that God may have given you. The Bible commands us to eagerly desire the greater gifts. Paul says, I wish every one of you spoke in tongues and even more so, I wish every one of you would prophesy. That's because God has plans to do good in the world that are beyond your power. God's got chainsaws galore, and he's waiting for people who are willing to start one up and let her rip.
Maybe that's you today. I want to invite the worship team to come back forward. I want to invite you to stand as you are able. I'm going to share three tips with you to put the word of God into practice, something to read, pray, and do with what we've got today. Tip number one, read 1 Corinthians 12. It is a beautiful picture of how God has called the church to relate together around our differences, how God has called us to be united because of our diversity, not in spite of it. Tip number two, pray and ask God for spiritual gifts. And go for the gusto. One of the spiritual gifts listed in the Bible is miracles. I'm afraid to pray for that one. What would happen if miracles happened when I prayed? Maybe I would become an awful person or something. That seems like maybe too much for my level of strength, you know? But God tells us to, like, desire the greater gifts. And so go for it. Pray for the big ones. Pray for evangelism. Pray for people to come to know Jesus through you. Pray for the good things that God might have for you. Tip number three, talk with someone about your gifts and how you can put them to practice in the church. So God's generally not in a rush. Every now and then you might get something real clear that needs to happen now. But you can talk with people about things like spiritual gifts. You can say, hey, do you think I might have a spiritual gift? Yesterday, the men's team made a, like a banquet meal. You guys gave 1600 bucks, and they told us only 15 to 20 people were going to show up. And so we made 24 filet mignons and shrimp, and Doug made these little trifles with homemade cherry jam and chocolate ganache and white chocolate cream, and it's almost lunchtime. And uh, <laughs> we took all that stuff over here to these formerly homeless family folks and just started giving food away. Doug has the gift of service. Among several other gifts, he leads like a history group here at the church that's an amazing life group. And when people put their gifts into practice, the world changes, and it's beyond our own strength. That's a really good thing. And so process this with someone you know and trust. And I do believe that you can trust God to break through and speak to you. Um, it's not on you if you can't hear God. Ask God to talk loud enough for you to hear. The story of our faith is that Jesus comes to us. Jesus doesn't wait for us to get to him first. He comes down here to this world. Jesus is here with open arms for you today. Today would be a great day for you to trust in Jesus for the first time or the thousandth time. If you're on the prayer team, could you come forward at this time, please? Uh, we would love to pray for you for anything under the sun. But today in particular, we would also love for you to receive spiritual gifts from God. We would love that because it would bless your life and it would bless the lives of so many people that they use those gifts with. So during the next couple songs, you can come forward and receive prayer. We'll have communion after those songs and the team will let us know when the service is over. And I would like to lead us in a prayer right now. Uh, God, we come before you today and just offer ourselves to you. Jesus Christ, we believe in you and we trust you. And God, we know your word is true. That what you say is true. You call us to desire these gifts and God, I ask that you would awaken desire in our hearts to use spiritual gifts as you give them. Help us to not be weird or borderline crazy or crazy. Help us to be effective in seeing your power meet the great needs in a broken world. And I pray that you would bring the greater gifts for many of the people here in this room, God. 
that we could serve each other and build each other up and see the whole world come to know your goodness and live in your kingdom. Holy Spirit, come. We welcome you and we ask for anything you have for us. Let your will be done, God.